Welcome to The Breakdown, where we dig deeper into Sunday sermon, talk about life, and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. Uh, we're back, and we're excited. Uh, I have Nick on the podcast with me today. Back again. Let's yeah. do it. And uh, we're, we're getting at it. It's a rainy day. Ooh, um, yes. I have my hot chocolate. It's perfect podcasting weather, man. It's yes. I, I feel like on days like this is when I get a little loopy and crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, we were, uh, Christy told me not to say this, but we were singing hymns earlier, uh-huh. just reliving uh, the the days in which I don't, I don't, I don't think she doesn't not like them, but uh-huh. I love hymns. Yeah, how we so, all grew up. Yeah, how we yeah. all grew up. So it's it's fun. Um, Today's an interesting day, and I like it. Uh, but we're going to kind of go through um, our sermon from this Sunday. We're in a series called Anxious for Nothing, um, and we really believe that this series is applicable to everybody, um, that everybody deals with some kind of fear and anxiety. Um, before we get into last week's sermon, i got two questions for you. All right. The first one, what activity creates the most anxiety in you? Hmm. And and I'll let you think because I have yeah, two. Yeah, you I, go ahead. I, I think they're pretty good. Anticipating going to the dentist. Oh man, yeah. Oh, it gives me so much anxiety. Okay. So much. I, I hate just thinking about the dentist. I don't like teeth. I don't like people that close in my space. Mm-hmm. And I know they have to. Mm-hmm. There's gotta be a there's gotta be a better way. Hard it's, to do dentistry from afar. It's 2022 <laughs> though. Like technology should be cool good enough to just take a step Remote back. Remote dentistry. Yeah. Like maybe I wanted something. Maybe I need to create something. Dentistry like through Zoom. <laughs> through Zoom. Yeah, I'd be all for it. Uh, but my second one that I think gives me a ton of anxiety is watching these videos, specifically these uh like free solo where they're they're climbing these cliffs with no harness or anything. Yeah. Oh man, anxiety through the roof. Palms literally sweating. Yeah. I'm not even there. Nor do I know the people. No. But I'm just waiting for them to just like not make it. You know, it's yeah, for whatever reason, man, the algorithm has been giving me like climbing videos on uh, reels. Yeah. Sometimes I sit around and swipe through reels. And I've been getting the climbing ones where people are, uh, they're belaying somebody uh-huh. and they fall, but they're on the ropes. But just that with them roped up is enough for me. I, you know, yeah, I've watched free solo and I, it's nuts, man. I, you talk about, uh, there's absolutely zero chance. Yeah. Uh, I'm all for like getting that shot of adrenaline, but there are better ways. I've never opinion. been an adrenaline junkie. We had a, <laughs> had a kid uh, in my youth group when I used to do youth ministry and, we would go skiing every year or take a ski trip a lot like our student ministry does now with Brian and stuff. And so we'd have this one kid and he was an older kid in the youth group, but he was a motorcycle rider, like just one of those guys that did everything, you know, wanted to go fast, wanted yeah. to push the limit. We'd go up, I'd do the black diamonds and stuff with him when we go skiing. But of course I'm like going off the hill and I'm going side to side, no exaggeration. He would get off the top, push off, and go straight down like he was shot out of a cannon. He would never vary. He would never carve. He just tucked and went straight down the mountain. I mean, to the point where the ski guard, whatever they're called, the ski slope people, they would have to talk to him. They would stop him after, I mean, they couldn't catch him until he got to the bottom, (laughs) but they would stop him and be like, 
you can't do that. You are going to kill somebody. And that was just the way he did it. It didn't bother you. I never saw him fall either. In all those years of going skiing with him, and I probably saw him do that probably 50 times, and he never fell. And I, yeah, he was, he was like uh, Ricky Bobby, man. I mean, he was just <laughs> pedal to the metal. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, my thing, um, I think that the anxiety for me still revolves like on a weekly basis, it revolves around Sunday morning yeah. and Sunday morning for me starts Sunday night. And in some ways, Sunday morning for me starts like Saturday when I wake up. Because some Saturday mornings I wake up and I think, oh, wait, is it Sunday? Yeah. Because I'm already in my head about, all right, here's what I'm teaching. I'm usually running through sections of the message in my head throughout the weekend. I don't have it all memorized by any stretch of the imagination, but I kind of know the, know the movement of the message. So I'm going through those different movements in my mind and all of that will keep it so fresh in your mind that when you wake up on a Saturday morning, it can feel like, oh, wait, I got to be ready to preach this. And then on Sunday, of course, it's, you know, it's kind of full blown. I get up really early on Sundays and, you know, pray. And and then I read the paper and do other things because I'm up so early. But yeah, so that's where my weekly anxiety is. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't like the dentist and all that stuff either, but that, that would be my main thing. We get and we go. I like it. All right. Here's a, here's a fun one. All right. Okay. You're sitting in your house on a Sunday afternoon watching the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, of course, I mean, it's I, football season. I would never do that. Right? The Dolphins are down by four. Okay. And it's fourth and three mm-hmm. with 45 seconds left on the clock. Okay. And one timeout. Got it. How anxious are you? Uh, I'm probably all the way ramped up. I'm probably <laughs> kneeling down in front of the table. <laughs> in front of my sofa, leaning towards the TV, because I find myself doing that in big moments, like Uh, whether it's a defensive stop or whether it's a big offensive play, I can't sit down. Sometimes I'm standing up with my arms crossed, just like standing there waiting to see what's going to happen in the play. Uh, Sometimes I go stand behind the sofa because it's almost like I have to back away. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a full on, I'm very participatory in my game watching, especially in games like big games like that are big moments. Yeah. I, I really started off this year better than I ever have of like just sitting still and not, saying anything or doing anything oh, how long did that last or i did pretty well for yeah. like a week and a half okay i thought you were gonna say like you know a quarter or two no <laughs> no because by the second game the dolphins were down big to the uh to the ravens and this was the big game where they came back and yeah. kind of set off their season in a really good way but they were down like three or four scores towards the latter half of that game and came all the way back and won it so that was I was already falling apart right in the middle of all of that because it's you know it just it, it ramped up from like a fifty to a thousand yeah. you know in one week and so some weeks I'm better than others I'm not as bad as I used to be well, that's good hey progress is all we can ask for right? yeah man uh, are you the same way about the Pelicans games it's been a while I mean this last season right. since we were relatively uh, decent mm-hmm. and we made the playoffs right. Um, yeah, this year, if we make the playoffs, I'm just going to have to forewarn my neighbor. You mm-hmm. know? Just, hey, if you hear some yelling, mm-hmm. it's not that I'm yelling at my wife, just yelling at the TV. Right. I, I'll get more excited than yell. I, I'm more of a passive person whenever it comes to sports. I'll I'll text our group text mm-hmm. all kind of things the coach should be doing. So I don't, right. I don't audibly say it out loud, but uh, I let people know. 
you know, the people. Yeah, I, I, I'm doing that too during the game and like tweeting and yeah. yeah me live tweeting a Dolphins game is probably not a good <laughs> idea. I try to stay away. Follow Nicholas Twitter. Yeah, don't do not follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is reserved for sports, uh, so uh, you know I, I try to behave myself, but I definitely get on the get on edge in the game. Yeah, I totally understand. It's it does produce anxiousness. It, does. it definitely does. You know, and which is our our uh, what we're we're focusing on in this series and uh, in part one we talked about this unfailing love and man I I just want to start out because I really appreciate. Um, the way that you talked about anxiety, um, because you said anxiety could come really from two different places. And, and a lot of people think that anxiety only comes from sin or a sinful nature or something we've done. Right. But in all, all reality, we could be living uh, in God's will. We could be in scripture. We could be in prayer. We could be in community, but still have anxiousness and fear. Right. I like how you distinguish that. Sure. No. I think that it's unfortunate that in the Christian world, people have often dis dismissed mental health mm. and mental health challenges or concerns or, you know, so simply struggles with anxiety or depression or things like this. For too long, people have dismissed those things as like a lack of faith, yeah. a lack of desire or belief or walk with the Lord. And while there is no doubt that your spiritual life not being up to snuff can affect all of those things, Absolutely. there's lots of people who invest lots of time, effort, and energy into their spiritual life who struggle in their emotional and you know mental well-being. Yeah. They do. And that doesn't mean that Jesus isn't enough. That doesn't mean that Jesus can't give them what they need. And that doesn't mean that they can't discover new depths uh, of, of his provision. Of course, they and we can. But it also means that it's okay to talk to a mental health professional, yeah. right? That, that's okay. This is what they do. And my, my wife is one. So, you know, and, and I studied counseling in college. That's what my minor is in. And I just believe very deeply in holistically approaching your mental health. It's okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I would, I, I did go out of my way to try to mention that because I don't, I've never liked that kind of very firm dichotomy of, of the two ideas. I, I think there's bleed over. No, for sure. Because I mean, I, I've struggled with COVID brought on a lot of, of anxiousness in my life. And right. I had never struggled with depression yeah. until COVID hit. And then we were isolated from literally everyone. Yep. And, and you take a step back and you're like, man, like this is probably the best my prayer life's been because of the mm -hmm. situation that I'm in. Right. You know, and, and what's wrong with me? Sure. type of thing and like you said man sometimes it's from the circumstances that we were put in that cause us anxiety and um, our, our main text was from psalm 27 and you spoke about david david had this life that when you read about it yeah. was full of trouble like yeah. some of it was partially you know his fault and yeah, his self-inflicted wounds. yeah you yeah. know self like you said self-inflicted yeah. wounds but some of it was you can't help this like right david did not choose to be anointed king at a right. young age like yeah. and then have to wait for the then king to to die right. to become king and so with him hunting you down and yeah um all the difficulties with him and jonathan and you know that that were produced through you know all that tied into saul and yeah that's 
it's tough, right? You know, he, he had a lot of anxiety inducing moments in his life and that shows up. I mean, the Psalms are just filled oh. with that, like wrestling, so much. you know, struggle of your, your kind of like mental and social aware, you know, uh, connectedness and struggle and, you know, seeking God and, you know, not feeling comfortable and firm. And I mean, come on, it's like, that's pretty much what the Psalms are. Yeah. Right. It's this window into somebody's thought process of struggling with the situations they're in or the anxiety that's produced from outside sources. Mm -hmm. I think that's why the Psalms are so comforting in, in one breath. And then it's like, man, that makes me uncomfortable because I, I'm going through the same thing. Like I'm thinking these thoughts, but that they're encouraging to see the way that that David's thinking about the anxiety in his life or the things that are, are going on in his life. And in Psalms 27, in the, the first two verses, he really makes clear where his foundation is. What is the anchor of his life? And he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Like David knows what to say. He knows the logistics around um, who is in charge, who has created him, and he still struggles. Yeah. Like, and for me as a believer, that's comforting because, um, man, I know, I know the right things to say. I know the right things. Um, I know the Christian answer, the Sunday school answer. But sometimes my my mind and my heart are at two different places. Yeah. While I know what's right, my heart is racing 100 miles an hour. Sure. I'm anxious about things. But I think it's important for us to remember that foundational truth that yeah. that God is over, is, is sovereign over everything. Yes. No, no doubt. Then uh, David continues, and um, we jump down to 5 through 6, and it says, for in, the, the, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. I, I like uh, how you talked about this. This may be a foreshadowing what is to come. Like he's, he's preparing for a day of trial and tribulation. Mm -hmm. He has a game plan that he has in place of when anxiety comes, I know where to run to. Right. Let's let's kind of unpack that because I think that that was such a, a practical thing for us to do. Right. Because most often we're playing we're playing defense without a defensive strategy. It's just like, all right, just go out there and stop the other team, stop the anxiety. Yeah. There's a fire here. Go and deal with it. But like, let's have a game plan to put out the fire before it even happens. Well, that, that's really where it came down to for me that was outside of the kind of outside of the ordinary way that, that I've probably approached this in the past and that I think a lot of people do of not, you know, just assuming that nothing's, you know, hoping that nothing will happen mm -hmm. instead yeah. of preparing ourselves for, because what happens when we do that is we say, well, hopefully nothing bad will happen. And I'm going to live my life in such a way that says, well, that probably won't happen anyway. And while that's not a terrible strategy, I, I really don't think it's a terrible strategy. I just think it's an incomplete strategy. I think that, sure, 
sometimes you can calm yourself down and settle yourself down with a with a little bit of just reality of like, okay, I've worried about a lot of things in my life. Yeah. And the vast majority of those things that I've worried about haven't happened. So let me just take a deep breath. Now, when inevitably something terrible happens, whatever that terrible thing is, what if I just went ahead and prepared myself by saying, Lord, I know that no matter what comes, I believe that you will be my stronghold. I believe that you will provide for me what I need. And I want the strength to trust you no matter what comes. So both of those things is kind of a multi-pronged strategy, right? I think both prongs have value. And I think both of them can help you to process anxiety in a healthy way. But, you know, kind of, you really need one, you really need both and not one or the other. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I'm kind of thinking this through of you read through the Psalms and, and David and other psalmists use this strategy of reminding themselves of what God has already done in their life. Yes. It's like, you've brought us out of Egypt. We were once slaves and you freed us. I know that you are in my corner. I know that you are good. I know that you are, are sovereign. And so now I will maintain my trust in you. Mm -hmm. Like looking back on the times where God has rescued us helps us in the present to take a breath and mm -hmm. say God's in control. Yes. Because even in, in that circumstance, whenever we were enslaved in Egypt, so to say, we thought that that was like the worst thing that could ever happen to us. And God, God rescued us. And now we're in the same predicament and it's like, oh, wait. Let me pause and remember. Let me reflect on my, on the goodness of God and what He's done. Well, and and I think you, your example there is really good. And I would even extrapolate it out a little bit further of what happened with the Israelites when they began that journey was they started desiring to go back because mm -hmm. where God had them in this path to freedom and yeah. and thriving, which is what they were on the way to, yeah. made them uncomfortable. Because like many things, it asks something of them, it stretched them, it got yeah. them uncomfortable, even though where they had been was literal slavery, right? But it was something new, it was something hard in its yeah. own way, and that that's something they, they would run back to slavery because of that. And I just think that like sometimes the things you're going through in your life, what if you viewed those things as a part of your journey? And that they were working things out in the in you, right? That God was working things out in you to grow you, to, yeah. to make you who you're going to be, but who you aren't yet. Like when you view the things that are anxiety producing in that way, that's just another prong in the strategy, right? So it's yeah. if it's a three-pronged strategy, it's well, most of this stuff probably not gonna happen anyway. So I'm not gonna get myself too terribly worked up. I'm also gonna remember, like, hey, you know. God has been faithful, so he'll be faithful again. I can trust him, right? I can I can know that. And and I'm going to remember foundationally like everything about God, his very nature is that I can count on him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just think like if we if we really address it that way, you know, we will we'll find ourselves in a much better situation. No, and I agree. I mean, we look at David's life, and I think that's that's how he's living out um, in these hard situations. That's the mindset that he has. Mm -hmm. uh, he remembers the past. 
he may think he may think hey, this would never happen and some of those things happen but at the same point he remembers who god is right. that he is solid i mean i couldn't even imagine hiding out in these caves running from from your own son who's taken over the kingdom like those those were hard moments and yet god, uh, david is still known as a man after god's own heart yeah like even though he had so much so many situations that most likely produce anxiety because David was human. He's still he's still known as a man of God, right? No, and you know that that whole incident with Saul at Saul in the cave when he stops to relieve himself. Yeah, and David has him right where he wants him, and yet he stays his hand because of his very nature as a man after God's own heart. Now. David is far from perfect. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, far from perfect. But that's just a testament to, you know, one of the reasons God raised him up is that in spite of his many imperfections at his core, God knew him. Yeah. Right? And even talking about that, that particular uh, moment in history, David could have easily taken things into his own hand. Right. There was many times he could have. Sure. But he stopped and he trusted the Lord. I mean, he could have killed Saul right there. Right been named king that wasn't that wasn't god's plan god told him to trust him and in him not taking things into his own hands he was blessed for it you know and i think as as a christian most of the time i just want to take things into my own hand right like i just want to do something to get myself out of the situation but like you said earlier what if that situation is is growing you stretching you getting you to to trust god more to help you in your walk in the future mm -hmm think about that often um one thing that that's happened recently i mean i had this this amazing weekend of um, having the opportunity to be ordained and mm -hmm. and for me that ordination was was my submission to god saying hey, i'm going to trust you no matter what for my vocation for mm -hmm. my for 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 you to take care of me through ministry like for me that was me giving up what I, what my flesh wants to do, wants to, wants to run away and hide in hard times. But I'm, I'm trusting God that, that through this, through ministry, that, that he's going to make me so much stronger, that me putting my faith in him will create in me this fire. And it was funny. Um, I, I posted on social media today, kind of uh, the chain of events that happened. And for me, education is a big thing. I just finished my master's in August, but I, I had yet before my ordination, um, I had yet to receive my diploma. It, it, it had been, there had been a, a printing error twice, oh, man. which the lady that was over this from Lincoln was like, that has never happened wow. to us. And I was like, yeah, that's about right. You know, I graduated, uh -huh. that would happen to me. But it, it made me pause because yesterday when I got it, while I was so happy to finally have it in my hands, it reminded me that's just a piece of paper, right? Like whatever knowledge and, and I learned a ton from it. God could use anybody, right? I don't need a master's. No, I don't need any formal education. I just need to be obedient to God's will. Sure. And for me, that was like the moment of clarity for me to say, you don't have to be anxious about anything. Master. Mm -hmm. Just trust God. Yeah. Well, there'll be times where I'll be anxious. Absolutely. Sure. I am an imperfect person in need of grace, but, but it, it was just full circle for me to say, 
God's got you, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter if you get a doctorate. He still had you whenever you were, uh, you knew nothing about scripture. Like, he can use you. He's fishermen. He can use these people that people never have thought of using. And for me, education in some ways was like, all right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna hedge my side of the, the right. deal. Sure. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to be an, an intellectual in scripture. God's like, you don't have to. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's such a co- good combo, right? You have the you have the education side, which I think is a good thing. Absolutely. But you also have the okay, I'm out in the field and I'm doing the work and I'm serving. Yeah. And I I think some of the best teachers that I've had in ministry have been quite honestly lay people. Absolutely. They have shown me what it means to serve, to be passionate about Jesus, to be passionate about his word how to take care of people, yeah. how to care for one another, you know, how to be deeply involved in the church while you're managing mm-hmm. a bunch of other things. Uh, I would say that in 25 years of ministry, I've certainly learned more from church people than I've ever learned from seminarians. Absolutely. You know, I, I have definitely learned more from them. And that doesn't mean that the things that I learned from seminary didn't have value. They did. Yeah. It just means that all of it is an education, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And what you do with that education, of course, is, well, that's going to tell, I think that's going to bear out in the fruit of your ministry over Absolutely. the long term. So yeah. that's, it's good that you've, uh, I think it's good that you invested in the way that you did in your, you know, in your uh, education and that you've invested the time, the effort, the energy to serve the kingdom. So we were glad to glad to be a part of that ordination. Yeah, man, it it was it was a good week of hanging out with family and kind of hearing my grandfather's uh, story of of how he came to faith Um, and hearing his I mean, his life was full of anxiety. Mm -hmm. He was faithful to God. And um, I think God just blessed our family because of his faithfulness. And we've seen that um, in the sign, the Proverbs, it talks about uh, the faithfulness will last generations. And mm. I think that's so true. But anyway, I, I think that kind of wraps up our podcast for the week. But at the end, we like to kind of say what we're, what we're excited about, what's what's going on in our lives, what's coming up. Um, what you got coming up that you're excited for? I'm, thanks, I'm, I'm excited for my favorite holiday, man. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Okay. That's that's number one on my list. Yeah. We got through Halloween, which I hate. It's like not <laughs> my favorite holiday. But it's like the, the lowest on the totem pole yeah. of holidays for me. Yeah. Uh, and we've moved on to the, you know, the grand champion of holidays, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. closely followed by Christmas. But yeah, Thanksgiving is my favorite one. You know, food, family, and football. It's like all the things that you can want, yeah. right? So uh, looking forward to that. That's definitely the thing that I'm pumped for. Uh, you know, we're we're right in the midst of, of putting the wrap up on my Roman series. I've been doing on Wednesday nights and uh, by the beginning of the year, we'll be in first Corinthians. I am excited. We announced today that um, in 2023, Serve the City will be back. Yeah, this was really a signature event for Galilee Christian Church for many, many years. And it kind of took a break during COVID and, and even after COVID. So here we are, we're going to bring this thing back and do it up big and and really serve our community in a huge way, giving our church family an opportunity to serve together. It's 
it's one of my all-time favorite service opportunities. So I'm already pumped. Yeah, man. I'm excited to be a part of that. I already have the t-shirt for one of the past ones <laughs> that I found in a closet. Yeah, so now I, actually, now I actually get to participate in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. This, I love the holidays. This is a fun time of the year um, where we just get to be thankful uh, and then celebrate the birth of Christ. Not, not far after that. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go back and see some family during that time. So just kind of anticipating that get to anticipate our first Thanksgiving and, and Christmas here. Mm -hmm. And so, um, man, coming up on a year being here. And mm -hmm. so uh, now I know kind of how things work, how events work. So uh, I'm excited for the new year. Um, we've tweaked some things and we've seen some, some good fruit from that, man. It's been overall a solid year and, and I'm excited for, you know, 2023. And that's weird to say out loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we won't hurry it along. We'll enjoy yeah. the rest of 22. And Absolutely. 23 will be here before we know it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we appreciate you for listening this week, and we'll catch you next week. See y'all.